The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And today we're exploring more of the paranormal with Patrick, Bridget, and Mike from the Alternate Root Podcast. They've been doing their podcast for about five years, had some fascinating guests and stories about everything from UFO sightings to hauntings to forbidden archaeology to giant spiritual boulders. And of course, the old favorite, Bigfoot. We're going to talk about some of that. And Mike's even had some experiences himself. He'll tell us what he saw when he was a kid. Michael's also in the Air Force for 10 years, so he's talking about Project Blue Book, which was the military's program for investigating UFO sightings and encounters. We've got lots of paranormal ground covered today with Patrick, Mike, and Bridget from the Alternate Route Podcast. Okay, so we're here in, uh, in Fargo, uh, North Dakota, and the cool thing about Talk is Jericho is we do a lot of paranormal shows, and paranormal stuff happens everywhere in the United States, even all the way up in the wilds of Fargo. Which, incidentally, I used to come here uh, for vacation because I grew up in Winnipeg. Oh, so absolutely. Thinking of Fargo as the vacation destination is kind of <laughs> strange, but we always come up here to see concerts and that sort of thing. But, absolutely. Um, but you guys, uh, it's Patrick and Mike and Bridget from the alternate route, or is it Root? That's the thing. You know, from, every right? other guest we've had has pronounced it differently. <laughs> Depends on where you're from. Yeah. Right, right. Alternate route. Alternate route. So what made you guys decide to start a paranormal uh, podcast? Well, it's kind of funny how that started because when we first originally began the podcast, my fiance Bridget and I, we started it just out of kind of curiosity and we wanted to do something fun. And after a while, I kind of just on a whim, I threw out a funny, silly tweet on Twitter. Thank God for Twitter, right? And for whatever reason, Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters replied to me. I was like kind of whining about the lack of followers we had at the time. Mm-hmm. And Dustin Perry from the cast of Ghost Hunters decided to respond to me and said, like, well, okay, if you're having problems, then here you go. I will follow you. Just randomly? Just yeah. randomly. Wow. And I was kind of taken aback by that. And I was like, well, it's like, well, that's really cool. You know, we have always been fans of the show. You know, anything paranormal is always intriguing and fun. And so I replied to him. I was like, you know, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. I said, you know what, Dustin? Our show isn't really about this at this time and stuff, but would you like to be a guest on our show? And he wrote back, he said, like, as long as I am able to rant about his philosoph- philosophical and spiritual beliefs, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to do it. Next week, he was on the show, and then all of a sudden, I was like, I think we kind of landed on something cool yes, here. We, did. we definitely did. Yeah, and definitely. I just went from there, and I started just randomly requesting well-known figures from the paranormal field to appear on the show. And, you know, five and a half years it, later, here we are. It's one thing I've noticed that when you have a show where you are serious about you know this sort of thing there's a lot of people want to talk about it like so yeah. you, like you said you can go to the top guys and they'll go on every show yeah because they're just looking like they'll do art bell coast to coast and everything yep. kind of along the lines so it's a really cool like it's a, a kind of a small community mm-hmm. as far as people interested in it yes. but you can get some really great guests when you have absolutely you know when you have just a forum for them to talk mm-hmm. and my how did you get involved mike um well We've been friends for many years, and uh, um, like he said, I started just as kind of a guest host, I guess, or yeah, guest absolutely. on the show. <laughs> a special guest, a, yes. Yeah, special. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of fell into place where I, you know, we had a lot of fun together. We clicked really well together. I mean, obviously, and Mike has obviously been fascinated by the paranormal oh, his absolutely. whole life. Well, you He's mentioned that you had some experiences. experiences. What kind of experience did you have? 
Oh gosh, oh. how much time do you got? Really, <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that Mike is kind of a sensitive when it comes to that. Oh, kind of a conduit for that sort of thing. Well, it seems like it. I've had experiences ever since I was a little kid. Um, but when we moved to Park Rapids and when we first became friends with uh, Patrick and Bridget, um, we lived in a house that was extremely haunted. I mean, a lot going on, seeing things. Your wife's uh, nodding your head. Amazing. <laughs> and then that's where we. What kind of stuff the, did you see in the in the house? Oh well, my wife she saw um, a man walk through our hallway into the bathroom. Um, and nobody was there after we checked. Um, it wasn't Mike coming out of the bathroom. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, I'd be sitting in my easy chair, and uh, I'd have a ball of light come up from the floor, up to the side of my chair, and down my arm, and it'd float off into the air. I mean, a, like a sure. ball-sized ball of light. Does um, your house any, have any history? Or? It does. Um, we uh, Ooh, yes. did history some research, and one. in the 70s, there was a little girl I think she was like three years old and she uh, was playing in the garage and the garage door was held up by a water ski, I believe, yep, Lakes Country. And uh, it fell on her and killed her. Hmm. And one of the experiences that we've had with uh, the house was hearing a woman's voice talking and saying something about that little girl. And the, um, the crazy thing about that one, we actually did attempt to do our own like EVP recordings. Yeah, um, electric voice phenomena. Everyone mm. in the world knows what that is. The, the kind of the the, the, the apparatus that can yep. record sounds. Any sort of yeah. digital, yeah. you know, recording device that somehow picks up stuff that we can't hear. Right, our, exactly. Our ears. But we were just sitting there talking around. We had our device on the t on the uh, table, and I believe Mike and Pam were talking about mm. this, and they said, you know, every, this is another thing. You, Every single night, this door is always left open. We cannot figure. We shut it. It's latched. It's shut. It's latched. Every morning, the door is open and stuff. And you hear us in the background. We're kind of talking, joking a little bit about what he was saying. I was like, oh, it's just breeze, Mike. It's nothing, you know. You hear us walking down the steps into the basement. And then all of, all of a sudden, you hear very clearly the words, it's Debbie. A woman's voice. Um... A woman's voice. Very clear voice that says, it's Debbie. Looking into it, the name of the child that got unfortunately killed was debbie debbie yes mm. and so that was that also set us along our little traject trajectory of yeah yeah when you, when you have your own personal experience and and when you can't explain it it does definitely you know whet your appetite to want to know more oh, yeah. about these sort of things and, and it was we were talking about you guys have had a lot of interesting subjects that you brought up uh, patrick to, yes. to talk about that i don't really know anything about yeah and it's funny because the last paranormal show i did i can't remember who it was with Maybe with a, a cryptozoologist that, that I was working with for this Travel Channel show. And he goes, you're, you're like a, a paranormal, becoming a paranormal expert now, yeah. as far as this goes. Because I have a little bit of knowledge about so many of the of the subjects. But but what you were talking about that you text me uh, earlier are some things I know nothing about. Yeah. And <laughs> just to kind of jump right in, what, what you had mentioned was the uh, what 11, 11 means. Yeah. Now, first of all, explain what that even refers to. Well, 11, 11 isn't essentially an unexplained phenomenon let's just Meaning, start let's way? just start right there it's something that a lot of people across the world have experienced but no one really necessarily understands what it's all about unless you like do a deep dive Experience, into it how do you mean let's say the number 1111 pops up more often than it should to be a simple coincidence you could be at the fast food joint you get your receipt it says 1111 on it you happen to look at the clock random times of the day, any time of the day, always happens to be 11-11. Mm. It, it happens more often than it should just be a coincidence. And if you do, like, like I was mentioning, a deep dive into what potentially this means, it, it's pretty deep. It blows your, blows your mind, so well, to speak. Well, it's funny because when I was growing up in high school, my friend always <laughs> used to see 12-12. 12-12, there you go. So this is kind of related. It's kind of so, related, exactly. And with 11-11, just the number, the number one is very spiritual in the sense that it's related to the uh the number three three is the the yeah, spiritual the, the trinity. Holy trilogy yeah father son holy ghost absolutely right. and hinduism is very familiar with three with well. three yeah. i have to preface first before i kind of dive into that well it was about two years ago when mike and i were still going back we're obviously we're still doing the podcast i was just being inundated with seeing this 11 11 out of nowhere and i wasn't familiar with what the heck it could have possibly meant what it could be and I was kind of getting freaked out about it because I saw it a lot. And I didn't know why. 
I was like, why is this popping into my life every day? I texted Mike and I said, Mike, have you ever experienced this 11-11 phenomenon, so to speak? And is it something I should be concerned about? <laughs> or is it something that is positive? And you immediately wrote back and said, no, it's very positive. Very positive. It's now, a what very was... spiritual thing. It's like your uh, spirit guides are supposed to be trying to contact you, make you look at what direction you're going, or yes. let you know that you're going in the right direction spiritually. Or It's kind it's... of a wake-up call. Right. That's kind of like a, if like a the sign mo- or something. Like kind of like right. a sign. It's expect. It's like a signpost. It's from what I've read about it too. It almost seems to start occurring more often, like when you reach forty, and that that <laughs> seems kind of funny and weird. But that's why I've read, and that's why I personally experienced. I just turned forty turned forty years old two years ago, and that's when this start stuff started popping up. So that's another reason it was kind of freaking me out. It's like okay, that's a little bit too coincidental. So what is the itself. significance of it, though? I understand, Mike. You said it's a positive thing. In what way? Yeah. Well, it's it's it can tell you that you're going in the right direction. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's it's telling you to look all around you and and uh, take in what is positive around you and and live that. So if you're not seeing eleven eleven, you're in no, trouble. That's no, that's not that's <laughs> not it at all. No, not at all. No. Well, it's. And again, I'm going to use the big word preface again. Mm. So we, are, we are in no way experts. Let me get that clear yeah. to your well, millions of listeners. Is here. Yeah, no, exactly. But it's something that it's, it's, it's a wake-up call. You right. have to, it's reminding you that you are the embodiment. You are the creator of yourself. Mm-hmm. You have complete control of your destiny. You need to focus as we, we can't enforce, we can't emphasize positivity enough. I mean, it's just the the longer, the where, more often. Where is this the, coming from, though? Where are you reading it at? Like, oh you, gosh, is it something that you find like in you, you know ancient yeah, Hindi texts or something? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, hmm, absolutely. Sure. And it's as far as like the number of another thing I was reading up uh, reading up on again was the number of ascended individuals. Mm-hmm. Let's say like um, the Buddha, ascended uh, masters, Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Again, apparently, it came to a number. 11. There's 11 quote unquote ascended like spiritual, spiritual figureheads, sort of yes. thing, like Jesus, exactly. Buddha, yes. etc. Okay, absolutely. And how are they related by, by the 11? It's, it's well, it's just that that number itself. Oh, okay, just one yeah. of them. I got you. Yeah, exactly. Of them. Yeah. And there's just so many coincidences mm. with this number 11 that occur. Mm. I mean, a lot of I, we're emphasizing positivity. One of the n- absolute negative ones is obviously the tragedy of September 11th. Mm. Now you might be getting kind of silly when you're looking at some of the, the uh, supposed coincidences with, with, 11? with 9-11 itself. I mean, obviously the simple one, there's like 9-11, 9 plus 1 plus 1 is 11. Unfortunately, the, it was Flight 11 that hmm. first crashed into the Twin Towers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the first tower to collapse, collapsed in exactly 11 seconds. Hmm. Um, <laughs> There are a little bit deep. Well, it's, I don't know. Is this all coincidence? That's the thing that kind of blows your mind. Flight 175 had 65 people aboard. Six plus five is 11. Mm. I mean, there's so many. Uh, that flight 11, again, had two pilots and nine, uh, nine attendants. Two plus nine, 11. I don't want to get into the minutia of all these little... Mm, of the numerology of the aspect of it. Yeah. Numerology aspects, the coincidental aspects. But it's, just, it's too much to ignore. That's kind of what we're getting at. That's kind of the focus of our podcast, our, our podcast, is that we just love throwing out these ideas. Just we want people to open their mind. We want people to discuss the possibility that there's something behind this, then learn for themselves. Well, that's the whole concept of what we're talking about when you're talking about paranormal anything, is you can't make people have faith. Either they have it or they don't. Yeah the whole concept of Christianity if you want to get into it. So I think it's always better to have an open mind and, and what if these things could be true yes. rather than, oh, there's no way this could ever happen. Yeah. And then you kind of shut yourself off from that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
about the forbidden archaeology? Oh gosh, uh, yeah. that you were that you mentioned because uh, the eleven eleven kind of whetted the appetite. But like, what's, okay, what's, sure, what's sure. going on with the forbidden archaeology? Do you want me to tackle this one? Do you mic? Well, you know, you're allowed to speak, do you? Absolutely. <laughs> As I'm holding the mic away, right, the microphone right. away from Bridget. Oh, I'm good. She's just sitting there looking. She's cute. having a good time. Yeah. She does have a lot to say. Um, I'm usually the bummer in this situation, and I always have like a almost opposite. <laughs> what do you think about the 11-11 thing? I think the 11-11 thing, uh, I believe in the power of suggestion. Like if you tell somebody 11-11, it means something. It's positivity. Well, I can tell you, well, 423 is a magic sure. number. And then you're going to end up seeing that more and more often. And that's what I do on our show is I kind of like snap these guys You're back. the devil's like, no. advocate, right? Yes, but you need me. that too, though, yeah, right? Yeah, you do. You because need you, that different Yeah, opinion. you have to have that sort of diversity because you can't just be all together like, yes, amazing. Yeah, exactly. You I know? keep it interesting. Yes, because I mean, the, the, the whole numerology is very interesting and the coincidences of numbers and if you add this and subtract this and add this, but it's much like, you know, Paul McCartney is dead and the cover right, of the yes. Abbey Road, 27 yeah. IF. He would be 27 if he had died on this day and there's the Hindu mm-hmm. that says you're born at one years old. It's like, you guys are really stretching on this. Yes. But it's fun to talk it's about definitely and it's fun. very creative you know but i love making their jaws drop sometimes so. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun so delve into the the forbidden archaeology well i would say is from what again what i've read up on it is forbidden is kind of a kind of a misnomer it kind of sounds like it's like a evil term mm. almost as forbidden mm. but forbidden archaeology has been forebode forbidden from the scientific establishment it's something that is out there Certain archaeologists, certain paleo paleoanthropologists yeah. have they have very strong beliefs and I'm doing the air quotes, quote unquote evidence that there is such a thing of forbidden archaeology. But again, the main establishment is saying, no, this is all a bunch of hooey, it's all a bunch of a bunk. But make a long story short, forbidden archaeology is essentially finding fossils, finding bones in sediment that just doesn't make sense it suggests that humans are a heck of a lot older than we all commonly have come to believe whereas you like explain the first human you know the anatomically similar skeleton that we are all familiar with as humans bipedals 200,000 years ago roughly forbidden archaeology suggests and it sounds crazy that there have been fossil bones Anatomically similar human fossil bones have been found in sediment, rock, possibly 65 million years old. Hmm. Right at the beginning of the tertiary period, which is right after the uh, Cretaceous mm-hmm. period. I'm an old dinosaur nerd, so I'm, that's the only reason I know that. <laughs> but that's a heck of a lot longer than the, establish, the establishment would like us all to believe. Again, we're not suggesting that this is fact, that it's real, but there's a lot of intriguing but why evidence. would the establishment want you to believe that humans are only 200,000 years old, not 65 million? Because it just doesn't make sense. It totally goes against what we have been taught since we've been mm-hmm. kids. Mm. It goes, goes against what they say. It's and interesting so that's not, that I've had not the, right. the flat earth, you know, not even society of flat earth believers yeah. will tell you the same thing. How can the earth be flat and why would they allow it? Because they don't want you to go against everything that you've learned since, you know, your first year of grade school. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's right. You did have a a flat earth. A couple times. Yeah. And like like I said, it's very controversial. Sure. And and to me, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm Switzerland, man. I'm the middle man, you know? So, um, what other examples of, of, of forbidden archaeology or or facts that they don't want us to know, uh, are you, are you aware of? Well, there are certain I don't know the exact names and dates again, but there are there were two in particular paleontologists who had discovered again sediment that just doesn't make sense. The the sediment they use what's called radiometric dating. It obviously it dates to use radioactive you know materials to date the fossils that are found in the, the sediment in the soil, and it just does not make sense. And the soil itself is younger than the bones. The fossils hmm. which is just like okay that just how can that be how can that be and again it's using this i mean these are people who are a heck of a lot smarter than i am than i can ever wish to be hmm. and the funny thing is about these particular fossils that have been found is that a lot of you know cynics right away who jump on you and say there's no way that that's possible there's no way that that's real is they say well why can't people just dig a hole and bury bones in this you know they find older bones and then they find some fairly recent sediment, some rock, and they bury it there. Again, with their technology, how they know how to do this, way smarter than I, they are able to prove that the soil itself has not been disturbed. 
It has not been moved. There's no, in no way has it been changed or altered. And yet this fossil is still buried in this sediment. And it just makes you, again, things that make you go, hmm, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I, I've heard a lot of uh, talk about, you know, like giant animals and that sort of thing that also, you know, they don't want you to, to think actually giant rats and giant beavers and all these different mm-hmm. things that they found as well. Kind of that would fit into the same category as this? There's actually uh, uh, giant skeletons that were supposed to have been found of human skeletons, yes. like 12, 14 feet tall. Right. And uh, that's even just not far from here in Minnesota, there's a. Uh, a place that uh, they supposedly found these um, giant stones, but they're covered up. They don't want it known. But what, what, why and you're saying they covered? That's not just you're not just saying it's covered in dirt. Right. You're saying that it's, 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 it's been it's covered up. up. Yeah. Government conspiracy. <laughs> but and once again, why? Why? I mean, you know, because government doesn't want us to think that there was giants. But what? I mean, there are giants. We know. Right. I know giants, seven foot tall guys. Absolutely. Like, why would it be so hard to believe that there wouldn't be a twelve foot guy? And if there was, well, then. Why would it have to be hidden? It doesn't. Well, an exa- I mean, the tallest human ever, Robert Wadlow, was nine feet tall. Right. So, and that was almost going on a hundred years ago. Why? No, would, why? You know, where is the possibility? It's like finding a, a, a giant fish or something. Where it's like once in a while you'll get just a freak of nature. Yeah. So if there's a nine foot, then if you told me there's a twelve foot, I'd go. Well, that's not like that's doesn't not- upset my views of right. of, yeah. of science or morality or government. Right. So what's the point of covering it up? You tell us, Chris. That's you tell us, Bridget. Give us your side of the coin. What's your side? Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. See, this could go on forever. It's just I, I do firmly believe that government covers up a lot of things. Um, what the purpose behind it is, I'm not quite sure. Only they know. Only they know. Um, they don't want you to believe anything than what you've been told. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just I think that'll continue on for a very, very long time, even when it comes to aliens and all that kind of stuff. They're always going to try to stop you from it. And that's like religion too. a lot of religion doesn't want you to think like the possibility of UFOs and other, or other religions or other religions. Right. Doesn't want you to believe any of that stuff. Yeah, I just it's almost like they're trying to supp- they're, they're almost trying to suppress our knowledge Exactly. or they exactly. don't want us to know what they know. And again, we don't tout ourselves as a conspiratorial podcast. Right. But there is elements of that into all that we talk about. Oh, here. absolutely. You know, if you're talking about anything, you know, if you're talking about demonic possession, if you're talking about UFOs, you're talking about, you know, Bigfoot you mentioned, all that stuff. I mean, we've had documentation of it, but either the church doesn't want you to know about possession or, you, yeah. you I mean, you're, you're talking about government conspiracies involving UFOs. It's another topic that you dropped on me. Yes. Um, let's, this, is, this is your wheelhouse, This Bridget? is Bridget's wheelhouse. Well, let's talk about it then. Okay. Take over, Rover. The government has known of you know UFOs for many, many decades. You know, go back, going back as far as Roswell and even further back than that. The, this is opinion or this is the fact? knowledge that no, this is real. You th- is your opinion or those are you actually have facts about this or have talked to people that there are papers released? Yes, gotcha. the disclosure project. Yes, it does prove that yes, there were alien landings, there were bodies found, there were aircrafts recovered, but the government tries to cover up so much about this stuff. And I have a firm belief that a lot of that has to do with clean energy. Like there's so much technology that would be available to the human species all around the world that could create so much energy to where things would be simple, free, basically. Mm. And where's the money in free? You know, kind of where's the money in a cure for a disease? You know, Mm. there's no money in that. And that's what I think runs the world is this paper that we have deemed, you know, is worth something. Sure. And I think that's going to keep a lot of things secret and it's going to hold things back for just, you know, the advancement of human nature. I do believe we're about 100 years behind technologically than where we should be right now. You know, we should be way more advanced than we are just because they they want to keep these secrets because there's money in the secrets. And they don't want to lose any control. Exactly. Also. Exactly. Well, that's kind of the whole crux of the of you know one of the theories of the JFK assassination is that he was yes. going to stop you know the Bay of Pigs. He was going to stop mm-hmm. the war in Vietnam and all these mm-hmm. other things, which is just printing money. Exactly. You know, if that's the case, it, it's interesting to me because you're thinking about I, I have a Tesla, and mm-hmm. I'm sure General Motors at Al are terrified of the concept of a Tesla because it doesn't need a motor, nor does yes. it need oil, nor does it need gas. I'm surprised that that. Musk was able to get that through the goalposts exactly. yep. because you think about it like there's giant corporations that are going to go out of business 
unless they start looking into electric cars. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, so that kind of blows my mind. It does. But I think with losing some of these jobs, you know, like the oil business and everything, Mm -hmm. if we were to have clean energy, like it's going to create so many other jobs. So many more things are going to be open to humankind that it's just more jobs on the way. I I don't understand why people get so scared. But you're talking about government conspiracies involving UFOs. You're saying the UFOs can provide clean energy to us? Oh, yes. The technology. Yeah, the technology that they have have Mm -hmm. on board on these ships to travel, you know, light speed and just, you know, it's um, unbelievable. Hmm. It's like those engines that they have, they could do so much for anything and everything here on this planet. Um, what else are you talking about when you mentioned you know governmental conspiracies involving UFOs? Was that the was that the crux of it, or that is there more to that it? Was that was essentially the crux that we were yeah. getting at, as far as have you head. had a lot of guests on that have you know uh, UFO encounters? Well, uh, Mike and I are familiar. I, were you interviewing Chad Meek with yes, with me? Uh, that that kind of segues into the giant rock uh, suggestion that we were talking about earlier. Again, we're not experts on this and stuff. I suggest him as a guest for your show, Mr. Chad Meek. Did he, did he used to do Art Bell? He was on Art Bell before. several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yes, an Art Bell fanatic. Oh, gosh. So was, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was bummed out when he, when he, when he passed absolutely. away, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Mike is another aficionado when it comes to UFOs and all that stuff. Well, he I might speak. Aficionado, <laughs> well, what, 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 do you, what do you got, Mike? Give us, give us some stuff, um, some of your research that you've learned. Well, I don't know. For my personal experience, I, I did see something that was strange. Um, I was out on my back deck and three o'clock in the morning just looking at the sky and enjoying that cool air and everything and and uh from way to my left off in the distance i saw like orange lights and it came through the sky in front of me and then disappeared on the other horizon and it was three orange lights in a triangle and it it was uh moved faster than anything i could you could even imagine and I've read things about that where people have seen these things, like like a triangle craft or whatever, but these were just three orange lights. I don't know if it was a formation of three or it could have been, you know, a light on each corner of a triangle, but that was pretty amazing. Hmm. And I've believed in that in this since I was a little kid. My actually my dad got it from him. He was always a believer and learned a lot from him and Right. Um so how about some of the people? Mike is also an Air Force guy too. Did you? Did you? Uh, just so everyone knows, I like I like touting him. He's like my <laughs> best friend. He's a ten-year Air Force veteran. So well. I just want to throw that out there. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So what's the overall um, attitude from the Air Force when it comes to the UF? Because you know that they've seen many yeah, things. They know, and that's another government cover-up thing. They, I, I believe they have a special unit, whatever, that... Uh, investigates things and there was blue book back in the 60s that they supposedly you know went through that and investigated so many different sightings and project blue book was was kind of in charge of right ufo sightings and encounters right and then they supposedly came to the conclusion that uh there's nothing to it uh so weather balloons. It. Yeah, weather balloons. They're and, all weather balloons. Yeah. Never seen a weather balloon in my life. <laughs> yeah. Don't even know what the hell it is. Absolutely. <laughs> right. But um but supposedly they had dropped that. Um, but I've I have heard that there's something I don't know what the name of it is. Another program that's uh, some secret program, and if it's secret, I don't know how it came out. But I have heard that there's some, sure. you know, investigating still going on. Well, the government finally just released the actual, you know, facts that there was a project mm-hmm. ongoing dedicated specifically right. to that there was UFO, a project UFO blue book yes yeah they have exactly yeah exactly and they, i think well, they spent only 15 million on it, which is like absolutely nothing which chicken feed right yeah but kind of shows you how maybe how dedicated they were not to that mm. <laughs> but it's i i, I kind of personally and we all feel the same way it's just really nice to see that even though it's bit by bit little by little these facts are finally coming out, finally being released, There's finally being open to the public. Uh, 
that's coming out with some things that's pretty interesting, yeah. Like what? Um, well, there is those uh, cockpit uh, um, videos from that uh, jet that... Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No actual air that, footage it, from the cockpit. From, from yeah, an Air Force yeah. plane, yeah. And they uh, showed that on mainstream media, and that was very interesting. I mean, it's very compelling. Because if they wanted to shut it down, they could. Right. Yeah, that wouldn't right. be on TV. I don't what, know if that would have been on television and what the media. Did, uh, what did Meek tell you? Well, the whole thing about that giant rock is, I'd have to go re-listen to, my, to our interview with him. <laughs> um, essentially, Mike, was it his uncle or was it his father? His uh, uncle. Actually, it started out... Um, Back in the 30s, where there was a, a guy that it's this uh, large boulder, like seven stories. It's tall. literally a giant rock. Yes, <laughs> seven stories tall. Where? It's in um, the Mojave Desert, actually. Yeah, and uh, it started out with this one man that uh, he was doing some work around there, and he actually had blasted out underneath this rock and built a 400 square foot home for himself underneath this rock, and. Uh, he was the one that started, and then Chad Meek's uncle came in a little bit later. I think it was in the 30s, and uh, he got into where this rock was supposed to be uh, some energy source where where uh, you could go into this uh, these rooms underneath the uh, rock and, and you'd be rejuvenated. And, and a lot of this information that he got, he supposedly got mm. from a being from... A Venusian being uh, from Venus, yes. you know whether there's life there or not. I <laughs> wouldn't say, but um, so he was develop developing that and making a uh, some machinery that was supposed to, you know, be the reju- rejuvenating and make people younger and uh, communicate with alien species, whatever. And uh, as he was doing that, he died just before he uh, got that finished. So it was. It was mm. all lost, I guess. But um, but his son is, or his nephew, his is nephew Chad Meek, who Chad we're talking Meek, about, right. he's continuing this. I believe he has a movie project out that right. he's putting together. If it has not been released already, I do not. So the giant also. rock has rejuvenation powers and is not from this earth, sort of thing. Well, well it's been there forever. It's it's been there for eons because uh, it goes back even a couple of thousand years where natives would actually uh, meet there they do ceremonies there and that would be like a, a source of energy and they believed that it was uh, like a doorway to dimensions dimensions other right? you know other dimensions so it it, it goes way are. back as far as like with the natives and and then even like from the 50s uh up into the 70s i believe every year they'd have a ufo convention there and mm. a lot of uh contactees or abductees yes. would, would go there and they'd have days of of uh spiritual awakening again spiritual that kind awakening. of the whole concept yeah. behind the pyramids as well what they say mm-hmm. yeah the pyramids are kind of same type of an idea yeah sure. is that yeah i would Absolutely. agree so yeah just one big battery of energy yeah source. battery of energy exactly right kind of put there mm-hmm. unbeknownst to us how it could even be there in the first place right, right? when uh, you talk about having your podcast for five and a half years um, tell me about some of the, like some of the best guests that you've had some of the strangest stories that you've heard oh gosh <laughs> Where do we start? Andrea um, Perrin. I've had her on before. Yeah, when we had Andrea Perrin, did you have like technical difficulties when she was on your show? I did not, but tell me what you have and I'll okay. tell you what I have. Well, when she first came on, she warned us because Patrick and I... And she, by the way, is, is one of the family that's in The Conjuring. Exactly. One of the actual daughters. That, yes, they were the children at the time. They, yeah, yes. the real life people that lived The Conjuring that then became this Hollywood. Yes, yes. You know, and she also has a book trilogy out, House of Darkness, House of Light. Check it out. Yeah. Great series. But when we had her on, she warned us right away because Patrick was at his house. I was at mine and she was wherever she was at at the time. And she warned us right away. You know, sometimes the powers that be, they just don't want me to speak. And there happens to be problems. And never before had Patrick and I ever experienced any kind of difficulties when interviewing somebody via Skype. There was never any problems. But the second we pushed that record button, all of a sudden Patrick's gone. Mm. We can't hear Patrick. He can hear us because he was texting me, letting me know. I'm all starstruck. I'm sweating bullets. I can't take this. I'm talking a mile a minute, kind of like I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in and out constantly with her. And after about, what was it, about a half an hour, Patrick finally came back in. We could hear him again, and then everything went smoothly from there on out. Hmm. Well, it wasn't it wasn't even necessarily a, an issue with connection with Skype, because that can happen mm-hmm. yeah. with, to anybody, anywhere and stuff. But literally, my equipment all stopped working. My router... The mixer, the recorder, nothing was there. And it's right. like, what is going 
on. This is kind of odd. And then I finally came back, and she's like, hey, finally, hi, Patrick. This is Andrea. <laughs> it was I, when, nerve-wracking. Yeah. When I had, I went to her house in uh, Winter Park, Orlando area, Winter Haven, Winter Park, and, you know, talked to her. She's really nice and, and cool lady, but her dad was there, and he was hanging out in the background, and I could tell, like, he didn't, did not want her talking about these experiences that they had you know, that had lived through as a family. And dude, he started slamming countertop doors and loudly making food. And it was oh my like, gosh. he does not want me here. And it was really creepy. Like, that you know, you're kind of laughing about like a curmudgeonly old guy, but it was, <laughs> it was almost like he was like, you know, get the f out of here. Yeah. Exactly. You know, <laughs> Even in her book series, she does bring that fact up that when she wanted to tell the story, her family was not gained. Not into there were yeah. so many of them that did not want any part of it, but eventually they all gave in their peace, but doesn't mean that they're happy about it. Right, yeah, you could just see, and there, there was a vibe, because she said, like, this house is haunted as well, because she's haunted. Wherever she goes, they find them, and it was just very creepy to be in there, and I was almost like, you know, if they asked me to, like, go downstairs or something, I'm not going, because I'm going to get Blair Witched here, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, you could just feel, like, it's not that she, she's a super nice lady, but just when you meet people like that, you can feel it. You can feel the difference in, in just the vibe of the air, like, you, like in the electricity of the atmosphere that you're in, you know? Um, tell me some others. Um, another, well, we've had several, uh, talking to Amy Allen from the uh, television series Dead Files. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. I don't know that. What oh, is gosh, that? Oh, gosh, it's... Uh, very that's very successful that's yeah. travel channel correct or yeah, they finally get yeah um she is a uh self-proclaimed medium slash psychic who you know you can kind of figure out by the name of the show she speaks to the dead to help solve un unsolved crimes sometimes uh just mysteries and she works with a man named stephen DeShavi, who is a, a retired uh police detective new york homicide detective and stuff it's a fascinating show talking to her was Really interesting. Every now and then it's kind of intimidating to talk to people who seem like on another level from you. Well, I will say that she made us relax right away by dropping the F-bomb within like one second. So that was good. Yeah, I felt no. right at home. No, no, what no, kind no. of tales did she have to tell you? Oh my gosh. Well, she was basically, she kind of really just talked about how the show works, you know, and how, the, you know, their filming schedule and, you know, and all that jazz. I have, I've thrown a cheap plug. If you want to listen to it, go listen to the Alternate Route Podcast, Chris, and all your listeners. Hey, man, calm down, man. <laughs> I no, will. Trust me, she always tells me this on the show, too. It's like she's the, was it, the Yang to our Yin? The Yang to our Yang. <laughs> but, but so, like, what's some of the stuff that she would do if she's talking to the dead? How would you say that? Well, how... well the way she says is she's almost got, like, this wall in her head, um, like a block. And when she gets ready to do an investigation or anything like that, she kind of has to let this wall drop. Otherwise, she would be hounded by the dead 24 7 and she'd go insane and never get a mm, moment's peace really yes, yes. so when she's always there there's dead people everywhere all the time so when she lets the if she has to keep her mental kind of uh shield up yes but then when it comes down anybody can anybody come can come in at any time i mean it, it's unbelievable to me and maybe you because we have no idea what it's like to have these kinds of abilities um but it's a lot of work and it said she said that it took her years to learn how to put that wall up so that she could have a moment's peace and watch a TV show and not be bothered. Hmm. And yeah, very intimidating. But she did say that the dead people are very polite and they'll wait in line one at a time, you <laughs> wow. know, to get their point across. So she was very, very fun to talk to. I had um, an exorcist on called uh, Rachel Stavis was on and her exorcisms aren't Christian based. They're more vibration and, and she sees attachments on people. And like, and the same as what you're saying with the wall coming down and, and kind of this, she's like, she just walks through life seeing all oh, that person's got attachment, that person's got attachment, you know, and it's just, it, it, it seems a very strange existence to have to deal with that sort of a thing, you know, on a constant basis. Yeah, I would personally feel way inundated. I would go insane. Right. I think any normal, normal person would like Amy, like you said, Amy, she learned how to shut it down just so she could have a normal life. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So what other kind of subjects that, 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 that did you, you talked about on your show? Because imagine, obviously, you know, the, the standards are your UFOs and that sure. sort of thing and, and ghosts and that stuff. But is there other topics that you've learned about over the last five years that you didn't know? A very common one is, is like the Bigfoot. Yeah, we can talk about that for sure. In particular, we have a, a guest on. His name is Ron Moorhead. We had him uh, multiple times, actually. And he is well known in the uh, cryptozoological world as being the man who supposedly recorded Bigfoot vocalization interactions with, a, uh, with campers in their mm-hmm. campsite in the Sierra Mountains in California. If you're intrigued, if you're interested, you're find the screams? Sierra Sounds. Yeah. Absolutely, Sierra Sounds, the interactions that took place not only during like one summertime out in the Sierra Mountains, but over a course of over a decade. Mm-hmm. And these, talking to him, his suggestions as far as his further research has gone after these years of supposed vocal, vocal interactions with this unknown species, is that he has come to the conclusion that Bigfoot is not just a physical being. Bigfoot is a spiritual being that crosses over from dimension to dimension, which kind of goes in line with why a lot of times with supposed Bigfoot sightings, viewers have said that they also see glowing lights, mysterious lights, almost like UFO mm-hmm. lights. But that, 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 that makes perfect sense. That's why you've never found like a, a, a corpse or anything like that from a Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Because yes. yeah. if they are interdimensional, it explains a lot of, of, what, of what it could or couldn't be. Absolutely. That's always a question that comes up. Well, where's the bodies at? Yeah. Well, you know, where's, where's the excrement? Where's the bodies? Exactly. You know, all that sort of stuff, right? And then they all, the, uh, the easy argument, too, is like, well, how often, if you're walking in the woods, do you come stumble across a bear carcass or a bear, mm-hmm. bear bones? That's I mean, it's, it's kind of yeah. silly, but you know, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, I guess I never really have seen a bear bone. Mm-hmm. Well, it would be, yeah, I would suggest that people look that up and listen to it because these vocalizations and screams are the most unearthly sounds that you, you can imagine. It's funny because our, our bass player, Randy, he grew up in Duluth, Georgia, not Duluth, Minnesota. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, sorry, Dublin, Georgia. And just last night, he was saying he had an encounter of hearing those screams, and he pulled them up mm-hmm. on the phone, probably the same ones that you might even be talking about, of just like this blood-curdling yeah, scream amazing. that came from the forest, you know, mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of always one of the things, like, you know, what is this, what kind of a creature could make this type of noise? I know, and they... They have done, I mean, again, I hate to sound scientific because I am not, but they, these vocalizations have been studied thoroughly, and there is no way that human vocal cords could possibly replicate these sounds. Because, again, cynics and skeptics say, well, maybe it's just a, some hoaxers out in the woods playing pranks on you and stuff, you know, a bunch of... Mm-hmm. Bunch of Michael Winslows from Police Academy yeah. movies out there. In the woods, <laughs> or it's you know? a Bobcat or a mountain. Yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait out yeah, there. You know, making the yeah. sounds and sort of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's it's something that is is far beyond that. And the, sometimes not only are these sounds just blood curdling, they're also eerily similar to humans, which kind of goes back to what I'm right. I'm going against what I just said. But still, it's not in the realm of what a human vocal cord could produce. And I, I highly suggest to you and your listeners to check out the that CD and stuff as well, because there's so many interesting interactions that's going on. If you ever want to hear suppose a Bigfoot slamming an outdoor outhouse toilet seat, go listen yeah, to that. On there. And they're trying to figure out what's that going on. Hey, that's Biggie down there by the toilet. Have you spoken to anybody that's had encounters with any of those? Type of well, uh, Ron is, is the, uh, the main one. I also spoke to, I'm having struggles thinking of his name right now, but he's another archeologist slash paleontologist. Jeff Meldrum. Not Jeff Meldrum, okay. but I, I would love to talk yeah. to Jeff Meldrum. MK Davis? Tim Moulton. Tim Moulton. Okay. I've had a couple guests. We've had a couple guests and stuff. No, it's fascinating talking to them. I mean, we learn from all of them. Well, that's the thing. All, the, all those kind of cryptids are very strange. You know, have had people talking about, you know, the Rougarous and the, the you know, the, the Chupacabras and Mothman and all that Gosh, sort of yeah. stuff. You know, and it's amazing that there's, there's actual so much of that out there where a person can become a cryptozoologist like Lauren Coleman. Oh, yes. And, you know, and it's like, 
is there that many of these things out there? Yeah. You can <laughs> yeah, there actually have museums of it and all that yep. sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Have you had Lorne Coleman on your show? I have, yeah. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Because I had a big fascination with lake monsters too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, like all of these type of guests is just more of just curiosity for me to find a little bit more Absolutely. about it. You know what I mean? Sure. So, um, well, I hope that we've helped you a little bit. When, some when, when so your show is once a week. Yes. And is there any guests that you haven't like who's the, who's who's your best guest that you ever had? Oh my gosh, you guys have to help me on that one. Who would you enjoy, Bridget? Bridget I, I just loved Andrea. I loved Andrea Perrins so much. She's my favorite and I would love to have her back on. Now that I've been going through her books, I would love to have her back on our show. She's very um She's very uplifting. Yeah. Very just she makes you feel good. Like everything about her is amazing. It's like if there's magic in the world, it's in that woman. Yeah, right, right, right. That's been haunted since being a child, you know? I think I've, I'm trying, I'm slowly but surely getting every member of the Ghost Hunters television show as Jason a guest. Jason Haas was a great uh, Jason Haas was a fa- fantastic yeah. conversation. Grant Wilson, Steve Gonzalez, Dustin Perry and stuff. I'm, I'm getting are there. All, those guys are all... Yep, all on the Sci-Fi Channel hit series Ghost Hunters. And, yeah. and what kind of story, like, like what's the craziest stories that they're telling you? Because I know, like, which, what show is Zach Bagans on? That's Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. Yeah, I, 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 I listened to your interview with him too. Yeah, that was he, fascinating. he was great. Yeah, but so what kind of stuff? Because he's kind of a conduit for spiritual, yes. you know, uh, the conversations and all this sort of yes. stuff as well. What are the What are the Ghost Hunter guys telling you? I would say that they are a lot, and again, this isn't a shot to Zach because we love Zach. They are a lot more clinical. I would say if that makes if that's a good word to use, they're very laid back, and they look at something something that appears to be paranormal, their first instinct is, that's not paranormal. We're going to try and find the ways to prove that Explain it that. isn't. Totally debunk whatever they can. Yes, the famous word. The stuff that might not even be a chance of. Famous word, debunk. Right. Yes. That's <laughs> one of their favorite words, yeah. But no, it's, yeah, it's, it's their fascinating conversation. Is one tidbit from talking with Grant Wilson was, I, mean, I try to get into a lot of how they film the show. And, you know, they're allowed to reveal a certain amount of stuff, I believe. Um but I had to ask him, it's like, did your producers of your show ever kind of like maybe kind of push you towards, again, I'm doing the air quotes, faking evidence for ratings? Because these people, they do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of investigations and only maybe tens of them make it to air. So they could have nine out of 10 investigations prove absolutely nothing. And yet they're spending all that money right. on production, filming stuff. And so I was like, do your producers ever make you kind of like, okay, we got nothing yet again, mm-hmm. throw something out there. And Grant is a wonderful guy very spiritual, good Christian man. And he said, well, there's one time where the producers, one of the cameramen told, well, I should say the producer told the cameraman to throw a rock behind their shoulder, hit a tree. They're out. I believe they're outside at one point. They wanted them to see that something actually happened. They wanted them to question it and then film it. And Grant was pretty disappointed with that. Yeah. Well, you do get that from time to time. But I know I did a show for the Travel Channel where we went searching for um, Swamp Monsters of Louisiana Bayou. Mm -hmm. And it was a long kind of tale because it starts with voodoo and goes through all of the different Mm -hmm. myths and mythologies. But the one part, you know, notwithstanding the the Honey Island Swamp Monster, which is more of a Bigfoot-type creature... And then there was the uh, the Rougarou, which is more of a werewolf, spiritual, dimensional creature. Sure. But when we went to the, uh, the the burial ground of this village that had been flooded out, some really weird stuff happened to where I know it was legit because like I started feeling like I'd been on a roller coaster, like my insides mm-hmm. felt out of whack. And that's where it's like, you know, throw a rock in the forest, do whatever you got to do. But when that feeling came... I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want to do this no, anymore. anymore. Like, this is not yeah. fun. Like, yeah. this is really, you know, as 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 animals, as human beings, but basically as animals, you have that instinct where you know, yes. like, get out, walk away, get yeah, walk away, stop messing around with this stuff, yes. you know. And you know, so so it's experiences like that that when you're talking about ghost adventures mm-hmm. and ghost hunters, and if they do do some of the kind of the yeah. the naughty bits, there's <laughs> enough real stuff happening because you can tell just by the way those guys are. Sure, right. absolutely. You, you know, can tell you can tell legit reactions from from sure, fake ones. Sure, and, and guys like you know, it's show business, but you can't get into this subject and not take it with some semblance of, of seriousness. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. it's not all just a joke. Like you can't go on the Ouija board and go, ah, no, absolutely not. Weird stuff can I, happen. I refuse to even look at a at a, as I like to pronounce it, a Ouija board. <laughs> Ouija board. Yeah. Ouija my board. mom made me burn mine when I was a little kid. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> she did. <laughs> 
just yeah. to make sure, right? Yeah. And see, that's why. Yeah. Then the spirits that were trapped in the Ouija board got mad at you. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why he's been followed his whole life. I'm telling you, Chris, <laughs> no. that guy, Mike Ray over there. little kid. Yep. You know. You've been followed by just different experiences? Different experiences. Because uh, you mentioned you saw a UFO. You mentioned that your house was haunted. Several haunted. houses. Several. Yeah. So you could be like Ooh, Andrea. No. That's not the house that's haunted. Maybe it's you. You could be or being um, followed, right? But it's always been positive things. Nothing that's ever been too scary. I, like when I was like eleven years old, is a actually the first ghost that I saw, and it was actually a little girl. Um, she was probably about my age, and she. I was home alone. I was. It was. I was watching Midnight Special on the Queen Mary New Year's Eve. I remember it so well, and <laughs> which is also haunted, apparently. Right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And uh, from one end of the room, I saw a girl coming and. And I looked, and she was all white, uh, no color to her, but she was wearing a long, old-fashioned nightgown with long sleeves, kind of roughly around the sleeves and the neck, and her, uh, she had a braided ponytail, eyes were closed, a little smile on her face. Her arms were out in front of her just a, just a little bit, and she just went between me and the TV and then down this hall that, uh, back to the where these bedrooms are, and I didn't freak out or anything, I just... It was interesting. I loved it. I mean, I was, I've always been interested in that. And, uh, but then when my mom and dad got home and I started telling them what happened, then I started getting really excited because I was like talking about it. And, and my dad, you know, like the way he, he's always been, um, well, did you try to talk to her? You know, that's kind of, you know, support yeah. that I got with that. So, but, but just like a month later, uh, my mom and dad were sitting in the living room with uh, another couple. And where I saw that girl go into, they saw a large ball of light come from that area and then went into the kitchen so you know it was very interesting and they they figured that was the girl that i saw just in a different form and this is this so. is an em a point of emphasis that we bring up on our show quite often is that bridge and i would like to backhand mike every now and then because he's so casual about all of his experiences <laughs> bridge and i have not experienced one thing paranormal and we're still waiting so we're just like we're looking at with the spark on our face right now but it, once again it's very it's very rare you know it's like not something just, just because you want it so much doesn't mean that it's going to happen that's right. why it doesn't happen is right. they want it so badly and i think i like we said that we've used the word a few times the, the buzzword of conduit and mm -hmm. being kind of a window i think some people are just that yes you know you're probably that mike i know zach has elements of that and andrea you know that's just Rachel, the, the exorcist, it's just one of those things. Some people can play guitar and some people can see attachments exactly. on other people that they need to get yeah. If you exercised. ever have somebody on your show that can remove whatever mental block it is that Patrick <laughs> and I have that prevents us from being able right, to right, see, right. let us know, please. Yeah, please. please. But with our, you know, some of the ghost hunting that we have done, we've experienced some things, but Patrick is just, he's that, he leaves that just open to where, I don't know. It wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Mm. You know, no, I um, literally have to be slapped like in the, the face. Like the EVPs that we've yes. gotten that are so... Well, the know, one we mentioned so earlier clear. was the best one. It's Debbie. But, uh, it's Debbie is still fantastic. And yeah. stuff, but so. he still has that in his mind. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's got to come up and slap me in the face and, and then <laughs> it's, I'll believe it's, it. It's amazing, though, like, like I said, and for, pe for people that are skeptics, there's nothing that I can say or that you guys can say that's going to change your minds. But Absolutely. when you use, and these the guys I mentioned on the on the Travel Channel show, they had EVPs. They had a couple other little you know, doodads and gimmicks and whistles and bells. But the one would actually spell out what the EVP was hearing. Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it was like at the right was where all these weird feelings were of the grave. And then the text that came up was said, go left. Huh. And when we went left, it went away. Like just oh this gosh. one little area. Yeah, and listen, listen, I'm not like, you know, I'm I'm not if it didn't happen i wouldn't say it i don't sure. want right. paranormal experiences i'm not like you guys yeah i don't ever want my house to be haunted i don't <laughs> want to see a ufo and that was one of those things where like they, dude they said go left and it wasn't some guy typing it because i was holding it that's crazy yeah so i know that it really said left because unless there's some weird remote control thing that's going <laughs> yeah. on and, and these guys were even more freaked out than i were the guys that were <laughs> running the the, the expedition so, you know, you know, especially in the, my yeah. world of where, our, you know, our job is to pull the wool over people's eyes <laughs> yes. in a wrestling ring, for example. I know when it's real and when it's not. Absolutely. So go left was 100% real. Yeah, that's know? fascinating. As we wind down here, Mike, you, you didn't mention who your favorite guest that you've ever had on the show was. Oh, I would have to say, well, they're all great. Like, yeah, sure. In say, different but, ways. But I really enjoyed Chip Coffee. I mean, Absolutely. I, Chip Coffee. What's Chip Coffee's story? Um, another psychic, another yeah. medium, yeah. Uh, fantastic guy. Uh, what do you do, Mike, that you liked? 
Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, just his personality is so awesome. And um, I don't know. He didn't really do any psychic things on the show. No, anything, no, no. But um, just very down to earth, easy to talk to. Um, Overall, just interesting. Just very interesting of what he does. And plus, well, it's a it's a, a key component, obviously, as you know, as a podcast host and stuff. You know, you have to be open minded, even if you're very cynical or skeptical yourself. Again, I really enjoyed talking to Chip Coffee, and I didn't want to delve into like, oh, well, prove it, you know. Right. Why didn't you tell me a week before that you're going to be on this podcast, you know? <laughs> All that stuff. I get kind of tired of that, you know. But he was just so polite and so open-minded, and he just kind of like led me down the same path I hope that I'm going on as far as, you know, staying positive. We talked about, again, another buzzword. We're repeating ourselves. Positive, positive, positive. But that's but like you said, when we talked about Art Bell earlier, that was the secret of Art Bell, is that he wouldn't suffer fools. If he called up there and he right. knew you were taking the piss, he'd hang up on you for in a second. But yeah, absolutely. he gave people a forum to say their piece. Didn't judge you either way. Right. Absolutely. Gave you a chance to say what you had to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way to handle subjects like this because it's very interesting. And to me, I always find as long as the person believes that what they saw happened mm-hmm. doesn't matter what I believe because if they believe yeah. it, they're committed to telling the story, right. and it's always a great story. Yep. Whereas you know, and that's why you just give a, a nice platform mm-hmm. to, yep. to air those things on. Uh, last question: Is there a guest that you're trying to get that you'd love to have? Zach. Zach Baggins. <laughs> Zach oh, Baggins. Wow. Yep. yep. I think I pronounced his name. I was saying Baggins. They're like, was he a hobbit? Like Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zach Baggins. Yeah. Good old Zach Baggins. Yeah, it's really hard to contact him when you. It is, and I've yeah. tried to have him on about three times after that first time, and he's always busy. He's got yeah. stuff going on. Absolutely. Yeah. You well, know, their, their show is just a fan, just a giant hit still. Where Ghost Ghost Hunters is a, unfortunately doesn't air anymore. Yeah, yeah. They had some problems with the Sci Fi Channel and all that uh, stuff. Yeah, but, but Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures is massively that, successful. He's, he's a rock star. You know, he's yeah, like absolutely. a rock star uh, ghost hunter. Absolutely. The, the one guest I want to have, and then Dave, you guys know Dave and Tim from Beyond the Darkness? They're, I'd recognize the name. I know yeah, Dave Beyond Schrader the and Tim Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're their Minnesota guys, they're yeah. Minneapolis guys. But uh, they had Dan Ackroyd on once. Oh, I love Dan Ackroyd. Yeah. He's Dan, totally into this. He's hugely into this. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'd love to have him on. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Just to talk completely about this. You know, yes. we don't have to talk Blues Brothers or, yep. you know, just to talk about that sort of stuff. Because there are a lot of people out there who Absolutely. are interested in these type of topics. You know? and when you go and watch those classic movies, Ghostbusters from the 80s yeah. and stuff, you know he was doing it with passion. He loved that movie. It was a passion project Absolutely. for him. Absolutely. Yeah. You also notice that everybody's smoking cigarettes in that movie. <laughs> yeah. You go back yep. and watch yep. the A's. All like, all he's cigarettes. fixing his car, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, cool, guys. I appreciate you doing this. And uh, keep an open mind, everybody, because you never know when you might see uh, glowing orange lights or uh, right. a giant rock that can rejuvenate you. Absolutely. Good advice <laughs> from the Sage of Podcasts. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, Chris. <laughs> all right. You can find the Alternate Route Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Monday, and you can also follow them on the Twitter at Root Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you so much for uh, thinking about Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. You can follow us on Twitter there as well. It's at Jericho underscore Cruise. I don't want you to miss out on any important cruise info if you're booked, if you're not, because uh, there's not a lot of cabins left for Part de. I can tell you we're down to about the last 15% or so. So book your cabin at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Come join us when we set sail next January 20th. It's going to be the vacation of a lifetime led by guest of honor Ric Flair. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that. How about the Wolfpack, the NWO Wolfpack, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Sean Waltman, the X-Pac. Jake the Snake Roberts will be there. Booker T uh, doing his Hall of Fame podcast. Queen Charmel joining him. MVP doing his one-man show. Brad Williams is the uh, guest host of the cruise. Vicky Guerrero is the special cruise director, and her daughter and Eddie's daughter, Shaw Guerrero, will be on the ship, and Shaw will be with the Vaudettes, her burlesque troupe. They're going to lay down some cool, uh, some fancy moves for you. Jack Slade, special cruise mascot and keeper of the ice. Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson doing 83 weeks live on the ship. Uh, Fozzie playing a trio of shows. Farewell to Fear is going to be there. Rubik's Cube, the greatest 80s cover band in the world. Killer Queen, the greatest female Queen cover band in the world. Dave Spivak Project is back. Jared J. Nichols will be there. Uh, Kickaxe will be there. One of my favorite bands when I was in high school. AEW providing all the wrestling action. We haven't even begun to re- uh, announce all the people and all the talent, guys and girls, that are going to be there from AEW. DDP returning to host more live DDP yoga workshops on the ship. Beyond the Darkness will be hosting more creepy paranormal events. Talentless gets longer and longer, and we'll be announcing more incredible names coming up. So book now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com and come rock with Fozzie next month, May 15th in Greenville, South Carolina at the Firmament. 
May 16th, Greensboro, North Carolina at Cone Denim. Both those shows of Nina Strauss, uh, Nita Strauss opening, a uh, Talk is Jericho alumni. May 17th, Virginia Beach at the Lunatic Luau. May 18th at the MMR Barbecue in Camden, New Jersey. July 12th, Mansfield, Ohio, incarceration. Uh, and don't forget Fozzie Unleashed uh, in the West. Our whole tour of September of all Western states. Uh, not all, because I'm already getting complaints of states that we're not going to. But um, all based around our big show opening for Iron Maiden at the Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles. Go check out FozzyRock.com for all that information. And don't forget, if you're in Liverpool in the northern England, uh, Scotland area, I will be there this Saturday at the For the Love of Wrestling uh, convention signing. with Undertaker will be there and, and Ric Flair will be there and a whole, uh, whole uh, shitload of great people. So go check that out if you're in the area. And check it out this Friday. Tessa Blanchett is going to be here, one of my favorite performers in the world today third generation and uh she has a lot of great stories to tell all right till then well i'll see you on friday uh, stay hard stay hungry peace love and hugs and a big yeah boy and watch out for all of those uh, uh forbidden archaeologists